Hey there, I'm Edwina Kennedy, registered pediatric dietitian and mom of two, and this is the My Little Eater podcast. Each week, I'll be dishing out all the best info on feeding and nutrition for your baby and toddler, answering all of your what do I do when scenarios, and helping you gain complete confidence in not only feeding your child, but in parenting as well. Every episode is filled with actionable and proven feeding strategies delivered by a mama and a feeding expert who's been there and done that. I hold your hand and I take you step-by-step through all stages of feeding while showing you how to implement what I teach you so that you can raise a happy and healthy little eater of your own. Let's do this. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of the My Little Eater podcast. I am bringing you an episode that is highly requested today, and it is all about how to feed your sick little baby, your sick little toddler, and what are the things that you should expect when they're sick? What do you need to do nutrition-wise? We're going to go into all of that today because, of course, you know, it is the season for colds and flus and germs to be, you know, going around everywhere, especially now that we're not isolating anymore and we are out and about again. And yeah, kids are going to get sick really often, just like they did before COVID times. So what is some of the things that you can expect, first of all, when it comes to your baby or your toddler being sick? Obviously, you can probably expect that they're going to need a little bit more attention from you, a little bit more love. They're going to be obviously maybe more groggy or temperamental in their behavior. They're going to be clingy. Nap schedules and feeding schedules or eating schedules are going to be off as well. So it's really normal to see kids have a significant reduction in appetite. That's probably the number one thing when it comes to eating. They're going to show a general lack of interest in food, or maybe they might even refuse food altogether, or they might just gravitate towards very, very easy palatable foods like those snacky carby foods, or maybe even liquid foods. Think of um, yogurt or applesauce, you know, popsicles, things like that. So sometimes even getting your your toddler to come to the table is going to be a struggle because they don't have that appetite so they really don't have any interest in like sitting up and sitting down for mealtime and trying to stay at the table for more than a minute and don't want to have to even entertain the idea of, of putting anything in their mouth and at that point you start to think okay well what do I do do I you know, let them eat at the sofa, on the sofa, for example, if they don't want to come to the table, or do I just let them skip the meal totally, but you know, they might need extra nutrition right now, so like, how can I do that? Maybe I should cater to them, you know, give them their favorite foods just so that they'll eat. Then again, you know, I've heard feed a cold, starve a fever, so like, am I supposed to, again, maybe like, not feed them much if they do have a fever? Like, what am I supposed to do? This is all really confusing. And the thing is, we know that they do need nutrition deep down to strengthen their immune system and give them actual energy to fight off the illness. And then at the same time, even the ability to digest food, that takes a lot of energy, takes up a lot of maybe energy that they need to fight off the illness itself. So there's sort of a balance to strike here with what we want to do. So let me go through my first tip and probably the biggest tip that I have. That is just to feed on a normal feeding routine and rely on your child's internal body signals to tell them whether they need to eat or not. Um, Now, their appetite cues 
you know, we know that babies and toddlers really do have strong appetite cues. They do have that strong sense of like, if I need to eat, I'm going to want to eat. I will eat. I'm not going to turn that down. And then at the same time, if they don't, they will very easily just say no to something, right? So those cues are going to give us the clearest picture in terms of what and when they should eat and, you know, when they're sick. But Here's the thing, toddlers especially, they don't really know how to ask to eat like babies do. Like sometimes they'll wait and wait until they reach a point of like extreme hunger and then they get really cranky and then they like really, really freak out and want something to eat. So hands down, the number one best thing you can do, not only for nutrition during an illness, a time of illness, but also for maintaining nutrition and decreasing pickiness in general while this whole period is happening, is just to keep your normal feeding routine as much as possible. So that doesn't mean that they're going to take food every time you offer it. Know this ahead of time, please, please, please. That doesn't mean that anything is wrong or that you're doing anything wrong. Adjust your expectations though and still offer food sort of on a regular schedule, right? Like so if you had your breakfast and then you always had snack, mid-morning snack and then lunch, mid-afternoon snack, supper, whatever, keep that going, right? So you can put food in front of them at those times and then you've got to let their appetites lead the way. So again, go in expecting that they may say no. That's okay. You just keep offering at those regular time. You be the reliable source for them where you're setting the scheduled intervals for food to be consumed and then just let them trust their body and their instincts to do the rest in terms of whether food's accepted or not accepted. Now, if your child asks for food outside of set meal times or set snack times, or let's say it's your baby and they're crying and you really think, yeah, they're hungry, then typically for toddlers anyway, I would get them to wait. I mean, this is under normal circumstances. I would keep snacks on demand to a very, very minimum, if not not at all. And I would say, no, they should wait until these scheduled times because that is going to prevent them from grazing all day and then prevent them from not eating anything at mealtimes. However, if they are sick and because their appetites are fluctuating and because we want to take every opportunity that we can in order to get some calories in, if they are feeling up to eating, you've got to feed them. So it's okay to feed them when they ask for it on demand, you know, especially for those few days while things are really, really bad. Again, appetites are sporadic, so it's hard to predict when those opportunities are going to come up. So just take advantage of them when they do. And then once they've overcome their illness and they're feeling better, then you can go back to sticking to those normal feeding routines. Now, the next tip that I have is I really want you to focus on hydration. Actually, probably more than I even want you to focus on calories, keeping your child hydrated, especially when they have diarrhea or if they have a fever, is very, very important. That is even, I mean, if you think about for a baby under one, the best thing you can do is just offer them breast milk or formula frequently to drink. Again, it might be even a little bit more frequent than when they're not sick, but especially if they've refused any solid food meals, then please offer them lots of that formula or breast milk. Definitely keep offering the solids, even if they've refused it once or twice or even for a whole day, it's okay. Keep offering the solids. Like I said in tip number one, stay on your regular routine, but let milk be there to take over for hydration purposes, especially if they're not getting those solids. So when it comes to toddlers, I mean, outside of just breast milk, 
or maybe cow's milk, you can also offer them um, maybe like a plant-based milk or kefir. Those are going to be hydrating foods. They're going to also provide some calories too, right? So it's kind of double duty and it'll be easier for your child to take in. Coconut water is also really good when you're sick because it does have a lot of electrolytes. What you should do though is you should offer it at a one-to-one ratio diluted with water. So add some, let's say half a cup of coconut milk, or sorry, coconut water, then add half a cup of water to that, mix it up, then offer it to your child. I would do that maybe, they don't offer it as the main beverage, but maybe once a day, once every couple of days. So it's more of an occasional thing. Again, it is so high in electrolytes. I don't want your child to be getting too much, especially like the potassium and like kind of the ratio of electrolytes, but having a little bit is okay and can be helpful. I think smoothies are excellent for kids when they're sick. They're really accepted, like they're fruity, they're sweeter. Of course, they've got lots of good calories and they're hydrating. It doesn't really matter what is going into it. Smoothies are usually very accepted. You can also offer fruit juice. If that is what they want, if that's like the only thing that really appeals to them, you can offer them some fruit juice, but again, do it occasionally, okay, and dilute it with one-to-one ratio of water so that they're not getting so much of an overload of sugar. Obviously, that's helpful in certain small amounts, again, providing them some electrolytes, but we don't want them to be getting too much. And you don't want to offer it if they're experiencing diarrhea. That's another thing I want to say because that type of sugar in the fruit juice with sorbitol is actually what can cause bowel movements to become even looser. So that's going to make the diarrhea worse. So don't offer it if that's the case. Um, The other thing that is funny, my mom actually used to do for me, it's basically to offer some tea. Now, I would always say offer non-caffeinated tea. We don't want your child jacked up on caffeine. But if you were to offer something like a decaf green tea or a ginger tea or a lemon or echinacea, fennel tea, chamomile tea, all of those are really good warming and and helpful teas that can, I mean, it's not going to cure anything, but it's definitely going to either clear their sinuses a little bit. It's going to make their stomach feel a little bit better if they have a tummy ache, um, often with digestive issues like those types of teas, like the ginger tea and stuff is really, really helpful and easier on the stomach. It might even open up their appetite a little bit. So what I would do is, again, this is an occasional drink to offer, but you can offer about a quarter cup at a time don't go over that and yeah keep that occasional but it's very very comforting again I have really great memories of my mom giving me some tea when I was young and I felt so taken care of Um, so just go for a decaf tea in addition to offering more beverages for hydration the other thing you can do is offer hydrating foods to your baby or toddler at meals and snacks as well so examples of hydrating foods would be things like soups i mean of course everybody thinks of the classic chicken noodle soup every time you're sick what i would do is offer a soup or make a soup with real chicken broth so try not to go with like a can or packaged soup that's like pre-made. I'm not saying that that's not okay to offer again, especially on occasion or when you are just had it up to here and your kids kids sick and you just have no more energy yourself. Of course, that's okay sometimes. But kind of in terms of like the nutrients that they're going to get, it's always going to be better if you either make your own broth or you purchase like an uh, even like an organic real chicken broth, something like that would obviously be helpful and more nutritious. Um, the other thing, I mentioned it briefly before, but popsicles 
kids love popsicles. You can even take the smoothies and just freeze them in ice cubes or freeze them in a popsicle mold and then you can offer it to them. That way it's something about it just being colder, something that they can suck on slowly that is often more accepted. Applesauce is really great. Yogurt's good. And then you can have even vegetables and fruits, of course, that are on their own that are going to be very hydrating foods. So cucumber, iceberg lettuce, tomatoes, zucchini, watermelon, that's my son's favorite, uh, cantaloupe, melon, oranges, pineapple, apple, spinach, believe it or not, as well, and grapes. So those are all really hydrating foods. They have a high water content. So see if you can incorporate them into their meals and snacks, offer them on its own. Again, if you put it in the freezer or put it in the fridge, sometimes just having like a really, really cold frozen cucumber or um, a really, really cold orange, it, it just feels good. It's soothing on the throat. It may, again, open up their sinuses a little bit and it gives them some flavor without it being hard to chew or hard to take down, right? So those are all hydrating foods to include. Now, other foods that I always like to lean on when my kid's sick is immunity-boosting foods. So the most known, the best one, and one that we eat in our house tons is garlic. That is, without a doubt, sort of nature's antibiotic, they call it. It has so many health properties, and it has really positive research around it. I mean, it's preliminary research. It's not like it's the most conclusive, but it's definitely showing strong indication that it could treat or reduce the duration of the common cold. So although I can't, you know, recommend like a specific therapeutic dose, this is how much you have to have in order to reduce the cold by like one day. I mean, we don't have that type of information yet, but we do kind of have some evidence showing that it's helpful. And what I like to do, I mean, we do this, again, we're garlic lovers in this house and we're Lebanese, so we have garlic dip or tomb, we call it. It's so easy. You just like take some garlic, you put it in a food processor with some salt, you add a little bit of oil, little, little, little bits at a time and some lemon juice and you make this dip. It is so easy to eat that with anything. Like I put that on everything we all do. And it's, it's again, got all those great antimicrobial properties. So that's something that I would recommend if your child's sick. I will actually link for you a recipe for the tomb dip the garlic dip in the show notes so that you can check it out and hopefully you can just make it for your family. And trust me, you are gonna fall in love with it and probably just have it all the time. (laughs) Okay, so next food is honey. That's another one that, okay, making sure your baby is first of all over one year of age because we don't wanna offer your child honey under one. Uh, There is a high risk, or not a high risk, but there is a small risk of getting infant botulism through honey. So wait till their immune system stronger, offer it only after age one. But then at that point, 100% pure honey is also a really good antimicrobial or antibacterial food that you can offer your baby or your toddler. (laughs) And there have been studies that show it's successful as a cough remedy. So you probably even have done this for yourself when you've been sick, but just taking a little bit of honey, maybe um, for a toddler, like one and a half to two teaspoons of honey and put it in like a cup of warm water or a mug of warm water, dilute it, mix it in a little bit, and then offer that to your toddler to kind of sip on. You can take some honey, drizzle it on toast, or again, put some honey in a smoothie. Those are gonna be some ways that you can get it in. And again, will be helpful. I find that if it's mixed into a smoothie or something like that you're not going to feel it as much on in terms of like soothing your throat as you would in a hot like a warm beverage or something like that but it's still it's still something that you can try the other food or the other supplement i might say that is gotten really popular over the last couple years is elderberry 
And so what this is, is a berry that has a lot of antiviral properties and it's loaded with phytonutrients. So that really helps strengthen the immune system. It also has compounds that could directly block the entry of a virus and kind of the replication of a virus in the body. Okay. Now, the thing is, again, there are very few studies on this. They're very small studies as well, but they have been positive in that showing that they reduce um, the duration of colds and even like upper, upper respiratory tract infections, so like bronchitis. And I mean, look, it's not like anything crazy drastic, but even a reduction by a day, I mean, I feel like a lot of people would take that, especially when you see your little one, you know, really uncomfortable when they're sick. The only thing is that those research studies haven't been conducted on kids. So definitely more research is needed. We should be testing it on kids before offering it to kids. But that being said, we don't see a reason why it would be harmful to kids. And it has been used now, again, as it's gained so much more popularity. Tons of people have been using it on their kids with no reported effects. So use at your own discretion, of course. I will say that it is better to take it within 24 hours of the onset of a cold or flu. So sometimes that's hard to even figure out when, you know, are you kind? is your child kind of feeling under the weather? Like, should you just be taking it all year throughout the winter? You could. It is an expense and it may not really do a whole lot. Like, nothing that you even notice maybe, but some people just feel better with it. So it's up to you. You can find my favorite elderberry supplement and actually all supplements that I recommend for kids in my Amazon shops, which you can find the link for in the show notes. Okay, so those are some of the foods that are immunity boosting. Now, the next thing is I want to give you the tip of avoiding large portions when your child is sick and definitely avoid excessive catering. So I'm going to explain that in a sec. First, let's start with the portions. First of all, what I suggest is to offer really small portions of food initially. Like so when you first serve your your child something, put like a tablespoon of each type of food on the plate, maybe two to three types of foods max kind of on there. So it's not overwhelming. You're not turning your baby or your toddler off of the food upon first sight, especially if they have very little appetite. Again, we want to make it feel like it's possible for them to even just take a bite or two of whatever's there. Sometimes if they, you know, see lots there, they're going to get that impression that they have to eat all the food on their plate and then they might just refuse it altogether. So you can always replenish their plate, you know, with more food. If they finish it and they want more, of course, you're right there. You can always give them more. But start off with very small portions. Now, I also don't recommend that you full-on cater to your child's request for food. Yes, even when they're sick, I know that it's hard when they're sick and, you know, they're only feeling feeling like eating one specific thing to just want to offer that over and over and over again. And look, it's okay to do it a few times and we need to keep their you know, temperament at bay and we need to try and get some food into them. But I just want you to think about this. Instead of focusing on catering, I want you to focus on being considerate. So sometimes, for example, they don't want to chew or like maybe it it's very uncomfortable for them to chew food a lot if their nose is plugged, sinuses are kind of congested and they can't really chew food very well and then still be able to breathe properly or maybe it just takes too much energy for them to eat. So we're going to be considerate and think, okay, I'm going to offer some soft easy to eat foods like mashed potatoes or yogurt or oatmeal or crackers or even yeah puree pouches those can be really helpful and good choices during this time but let's say if you know that they prefer to eat these foods during this time what I want you to do of course 
you know, you can offer it to them when they ask a few times, but don't let it become habit that every time they ask for something, you're going to give it to them because after they're over the sickness, they're going to have now fallen into this new habit or new expectation that you're always going to do that every time you ask. So I want you to prepare ahead of time and think ahead of time and say, okay, I'm going to choose to offer them these foods because I know that's going to be really considerate to them, but I'm going to offer it to them before they ask for it, right? Or maybe just pretend like if they say, I want yogurt, just be like, oh, I already had yogurt planned for your supper tonight. Like, perfect, you know, or maybe you can just pretend like you're not listening to their request, but you're still giving them something they like. So one strategy would be, oh yeah, you know what? We can't have yogurt now. We're going to have that actually tomorrow for breakfast, but I do have oatmeal for you tonight. And then that way, again, it might be just still a favorite food for them, but it really makes them remember and, you know, kind of continue that learning that me as a parent, mom or dad, we choose what is being served. Even when you're sick at the end of the day, you know, outside of those few exceptions, those few times where you're, well, you're, where you will give in, um, you know, and offering those foods as well alongside other foods. So maybe it's yogurt plus you have toast or granola or some fruit or whatever else would help expand their palate or get them branching out into some more foods. They can still be there. It's just you have that one safe food at least there at every meal so that they can eat if they want to, but you're not re-offering the exact same food every single meal. I hope that makes sense. This is just really in your best interest, again, for after this is all over um, so that this habit doesn't develop. I'm not saying that they're not going to test boundaries, you know, once they're healthy again for a couple days just to see if you will give in to their requests. That may still happen, but set those clear limits and they are going to fall into a state of comfort again with a regular routine and with you choosing meals and snacks a lot sooner uh, if you do this the whole time, okay? All right, now really quickly, I want to answer a few FAQs that I always get. And the first one is about the BRAT diet. I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but BRAT stands for banana, rice, applesauce, and toast diet. This is an older diet that was recommended even by like nurses, doctors, whatever, when um, kids had diarrhea. They were told to give them these foods that are really bland, that is apparently supposed to help them to recover quicker. Now, there is no good evidence indicating that there's a need to feed your kid bland foods like these. There is maybe a benefit to including foods like rice and green bananas to help absorb some water content and reduce stool volume when your child has diarrhea, but kids on the BRAT diet are actually just more likely to experience more deficiencies in calories, protein, fat, fiber, tons of, you know, micronutrients that they actually need when they're sick. So for me, what I recommend is just focus on what they can personally handle and what they can stomach. If they can eat a curry when they're sick, go for it. Like there's no reason not to. It's not like you have to have them on these bland carbohydrate-based foods. If they can stomach more, go for it. If they can't and they can only have toast and rice, then do that. You know what I mean? Just try and get in as much variety in the diet as soon as possible and just give them what they can handle. But again, it's not like you have to stick to this diet. Like they literally used to do this for days on end and say don't offer any other food. So I don't recommend that. The other question that I always get is, you know, if your baby's sick or your child is sick, shouldn't we omit dairy or milk because that could increase mucus production? So when you look at the research, it actually doesn't show that milk or dairy increases the amount of mucus or phlegm that's produced in the body. But there are people that 
find this. And the reason why is because it does make it noticeably thicker. So that could cause discomfort, especially, you know, on an individual basis. Some kids are really bothered by having increased phlegm, increased mucus in the throat, increased in the nose. So you can kind of figure out if your child is like that. And if that's the case, yeah, totally. Omit it for a few days, omit it for a week, have the smoothies, take out the dairy, you know, sub it out with a non-dairy alternative, whatever it is, that's fine. So yeah, it's kind of just like a personal preference kind of thing, but it's not like you have to eliminate it. And then the other question I want to address is just how do you get your baby or toddler back on track after they're healthy again? Because again, we often see that a lot of kids kind of fall into pickier behaviors after or during this kind of time of illness. And then after it's just so much harder for parents to like regain progress that they would have maybe made before they were sick. So once they're healthy again, you can expect their appetite to come back slowly. It's not going to be like immediately the day they wake up, they start feeling better, and then all of a sudden they want to eat everything. It may take a few days for it to come back in its entirety, and sometimes they'll look healthy, like so their energy's back, no more symptoms, but again, it takes a little bit of time to return. So during this time, I want you to keep calm. Don't stress about this or pressure them to eat. Please don't. Just go into it with this expectation. It's okay. Listen to their bodies. Their bodies will tell them when they need to eat more or more frequently. Now, I've already alluded to this, but again, the best advice I have for you to get things back to normal if they went off track while they were sick is to make sure to go back to that same variety, the same routine, the same feeding schedules, the same strategies, all which I teach inside of my Feeding Toddlers online course no matter what, once they're healthy again. I want you to go back to those. So again, it could take a few days of consistency. Maybe it takes a week, but keep at it. You know, be confident that this is the best thing. Don't give in, even though your child may give you a hard time for a couple days because that's what they were used to when they were sick. Don't give in. Stick to your role. Let them have full control in their role in eating, and you're going to have your little one back to eating happily and healthfully. Again, if you don't know what strategies I'm talking about, if you want to learn more, and you haven't taken my Feeding Toddlers course, please definitely check that out. It is here to help you find the stability and the confidence that you need in knowing what and how to feed your toddler so that you can have an adventurous eater, a happy eater, prevent and manage picky eating. It literally takes you through all of the things that you didn't even know you needed to know, right? All the factors that you can influence that take mealtimes from stressful to stress-free. You know, we talk about the mealtime setup, we talk about the schedule, what to serve, how to serve it, what to say, and and what to say when they like fight you and they don't want it, how to handle all those one-off situations and extreme picky eating, and so much more. So check out the link in the show notes if you're interested in that. And that's it. Good luck. I am sending you all the love as you care for your sick little one. I hope they don't get sick, at least not too often over the season. But if you do, I hope that this episode armed you with some strategies and expectations. And if you did find it helpful, would you please leave me a review? Just a quick little one-liner, five stars would mean the world to me. Thank you so, so much in advance and have a wonderful week. Bye.